Hello and welcome to the Two Bearded Men podcast. And as the same as last week, Gary did not learn his lesson with that xylophone thing. I keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Two Bearded Men uh, podcast with me, Alan. And me, Gary. Uh, the format of this podcast is we both go away, find a subject, or in this case, Gary went away and found two subjects. And now I'm actually going to present one of Gary's subjects, or we're going to discuss one of Gary's subjects. And Gary's going to discuss one of his subjects with me, because he went and researched that one as well. Now, if you're not confused by that, just wait till you hear our research. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. Over to Gary. Okay, so the subject for today is um, first human drugs developed by an AI. AI drugs? Yeah. So, um, so the first drug that's been developed by AI is, uh, is a vaccine for flu. And it did it all by itself, apparently. Really? Yeah. Flu? The one they couldn't cure? Well, yeah. One they can't cure. I actually, I love watching documentaries about AI and they don't understand how it works, do they? No. Just, just get it going and just let it, it starts building its own networks, neural, well, not neural networks. It's, it basically copies neural networks in the brain and it goes away and does it. Yeah. And they're not 100% sure how it's doing it. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, and it's basically educating itself and it's going, it it's is. really good. So we're just one step away from it. Taking Pressing over the, the button. world. Pressing the button. <laughs> yeah. Well, this AI is called Sam. So, Sam. Yeah. Does Sam play chess? Uh, it doesn't say. No, it probably does. Because I'm just thinking back to that film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we have a nice game of chess. It's better than destroying the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thermonuclear war. So SAM stands for Smart Algorithms for Medicine. Okay. There's that word that comes in again from so last time. So whose research is that? Uh, this is uh, this is based in Australia. I'm not. I didn't research who actually put this together. Uh, so it's not one. Of, it's not one of the usual things like the Google. Google are doing a lot, putting a lot of money into this as well, aren't they? And I assume Apple will be doing the same. The, all the major companies are actually looking to AI to do various different things. It's big business, isn't it? Uh, you'll probably notice, especially on Android, uh, probably got it on um, iOS as well, but you've got an AI assistant who tries to guess or try to determine what you want to do next. Or when you're typing in, what you want to type in. And well, do you know what? That would be brilliant because I never know what I want to do next. <laughs> so I could just follow the lead, couldn't I? Yeah, you could say, hey, Google, what yeah. am I? What do I want to do next? You want to go make a cup of tea, Alan. Oh, good idea. <laughs> ah, now what do I do? Drink a cup of tea. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I do apologise. If you hear a creaking, what it is, it's my chair in the background. We keep saying that we'll change these chairs out. But... That's day. the ambient noise. Yeah. We've got everything sorted in the setup, but just haven't got the comfy chairs. <laughs> so what they did uh, with this AI is fed all the information about uh, compounds that affect humans and those that don't affect humans. So they developed a program that can generate trillions of chemical compounds and Sam decides which might be promising for new drugs. Right. And then uh, 
uh, it can the, then a team can analyze that take the top 10 or take the top number of promising uh, compounds and do some trials so this is what they've just done recently uh, tested they've uh, tested them on okay. on human blood first of all mm. and then they tested them the did some testing on animals, and now uh, some of these drugs are being clinically tested throughout the US. That's good. I mean, a, a cure for flu. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It would. I never, I, I never get any time off though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got flu. Well, I didn't, I didn't get flu. I've not had flu for a long, long time. But it's a big killer, so it's it's serious. Uh, especially, you know, they're they're predicting a pandemic eventually, aren't they? Seeing and they've had them before. Yeah, uh, like the Spanish flu just at the end of the Second World War, and kind of putting it to perspective, it killed more than the Second. Sorry, not Second World War, the First World War, nineteen eighteen. The actual flu killed more than the war killed. Yeah, right. phenomenal. Well, it is a, a big deal, and um, trying to put together a compound uh, for trying to solve anything, not just flu, but anything, um, takes a lot of time and effort. And trials and 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 this is a slow thing. If you can do a computer generated simulation, yeah, and then you're gonna cut out a lot of uh, failure. You know, a lot failure of dead ends. Is yeah, be, a lot of dead ends. Yeah, yeah you're gonna you're gonna be a lot less. Uh, yeah. It's just like we use computers already to. Uh, yeah, and, in, the and beauty of the AI, but it once it, if it gets it wrong once, it learns from that and doesn't get it wrong again. Well, that's it, hopefully. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> it might be more human-like and, and still, you know, keep getting yeah. it right. Oh, damn, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was just thinking about the football at the weekend. Yeah. So, uh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's actually, yeah. I mean, I, I, am, I must admit I'm really excited about the things that come in, like the artificial intelligence stuff. I think it's it's just going to it's going to revolutionise everything. And it's not going to be as bad as everybody thinks. It's not going to pinch everybody's jobs. Well, no. I mean, you can take um, Alexa, for instance, and you've got these speakers which you can speak to. And, and Sorry, I don't know that. Sorry, I didn't realise you had a speaker in here. <laughs> and there you are, just to prove that that's how good they are. <laughs> and that's not AI-driven, but... It's a conversation you can have and you get a response and it can make people feel not alone or mm -hmm. um, it can help them do certain things. They've got them hooked up to different things in the house like lights and heating and such things. Uh, but AI will go that next step and hopefully be able to say, oh, I think it's a bit hot in here. Would you like me to turn the heating down? No, leave it alone. I want to be hot. <laughs> you can have them kind of arguments. You fool. <laughs> the, the, yeah, but the, do you know what would happen? You'd be sitting there on your own watching TV and it'll turn telly over to watch a cooking programme. <laughs> We've well, noticed yeah. you've been watching this often. No, I have never watched one of these. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd end up watching, uh, what do you call it, The Naked Chef doing something, or Barefoot Contessa making scones, and you're like, no! And you'll be able to turn it over. Yeah. <laughs> because the echo has taken control. Perhaps that is what they mean by, you know, all the artificial intelligence will take over. Well, yeah, yeah it'd be annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> Drive people yeah. crazy. <laughs> Oh, talking about 
the other day, I came home and Michelle was up at her parents, went to her parents, and I was sitting here, and I was actually had Kerrang on uh, on the um, on the TV on on Sky, and it looked pretty loud. I was playing it pretty loud, and I was just sitting there. Echo fired up. Uh, Words got Blondie hanging on the telephone at full volume. It was that loud. I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't shake over it to turn it off. I had to go over and physically turn it down, turn it off. And I thought. That's weird. I wonder why I'm there. I like think you know, you, your brain starts going. Yeah. And I sat down again, and the next thing it fired off full volume, ring, ring by Abba. I thought, what the hell, you know? <laughs> I actually honestly thought I watched too many paranormal programs <laughs> and a ghost had escaped from a TV and it now lives with us. And I thought, oh, yeah, we're going to have all them that to put up with now. And then, you know, I've all these things going through my brain. And then I just haven't come through here on the toilet. I can hear my phone ringing upstairs. What it was, Michelle sitting outside the shop trying to ring me. She tried to ring me about five times. I got fed up, so she put the music on to get my attention. <laughs> and I still didn't twig, you know, from the music, you know, hanging on the telephone, ring, ring. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, oh, I said, I'm so glad it was you. I really was. I was, I was got myself all frightened to work too. I thought <laughs> I brought some entity into the ice, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So it's good for playing practical jokes as well. Yes, yes. Can you imagine when the intelligence learns it can do that to people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be creepy when it starts laughing at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, mine. What I didn't research. What Gary's just handed it to me is NASA plan to three D print spaceship parts in orbit. Mm. Now, three D printing is something that we've been looking at at work. Actually, believe it or not. Uh, Obviously, I wasn't thinking about uh, 3D printing in space. What we were thinking about, obviously, we're in the, oil, in the oil industry. So if we have a 3D printer on our oil rig, you can 3D print your parts. There is no need to have a manufacturing facility. Yeah. And time is money. Yeah. So obviously, you need a new part. You 3D print your part on the machine, on, on the rig itself. And it goes on it to revolutionise. And 3D printing, I do honestly believe, will revolutionise. Yeah, we've uh, looked at this also, uh, but we're in a slightly different situation where we're not offshore. And the actual powder that you have to put into the machine costs about five times more than the steel products or raw material that you would normally buy. So... To compete ordinarily by 3D printing things, um, your product will go will skyrocket and go through the roof. But the you can so you can print steel parts with the same uh, mechanical properties or you know whatever you want. Apparently, um, mm -hmm. I've obviously not put this to the test, but yeah, well, I've actually seen I've seen it. We Obviously, when we became part of a bigger company, I'm not giving the name of the company, uh, they've got a division. Um, we've got um, an, a facility in Germany that's researching into all this, and we've actually got 3D printers up around in, in this area. But anyway, going back to what we were talking about, we went a bit sidetracked there. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about NASA's plan to 3D print in orbit. And obviously, the reason for that is launching in launches uh, man-made structures into space. It's got a lot of challenges. 
yeah. it's the great big structures you need yeah. extra amount of fuel and power to get them yeah. off the ground and into well there's one thing what's just coming to my mind now you're talking about having to put three times as much into printing it does that not kind of stop you straight away because if you carry say a printing a structural beam which they've set according to your research they've managed how heavy is a structural beam and how heavy are the constituents to 3d print it would you not use more fuel actually taking up um i i don't know the ratio of the raw material in its powdered form compared to its uh, raw form solid yeah. uh, what i'm saying is the price wise right okay price wise yeah uh well, I should, my, actually, I'm, my brain's spinning around. I'm answering my own question because, you know, the structural beams, if you make a structural beam down here, you won't go to any great length to design it in such a way that it was lightweight and it used less material because that's just putting cost into the part. So you just get a piece of steel and weld an I-beam or whatever, or produce an I-beam, yeah. and there you would. But I'm assuming that the 3D printing is brilliant because you can have cavities so you never structural and use a lot less material, you I could, suppose. Yeah, so, that, so, so that I, I've answered my own question there. Yeah. Now the engineering came out then. <laughs> okay, and apparently there's a seventy-three point three million contracts been awarded to Made in Space. Yeah, now that that I'm going to have to ask, is that a real name, real company? It is apparently Made in Space. Yeah. Fair enough. So obviously it's a three D. This must have been instigated by the promise of. A contract yeah. and uh, obviously what are you going to name it well, well made in space because this is what we're going to do so yeah. somebody's had the uh, forethought to sort of go there yeah i know they've uh they've basically been dummy running at nasa on this well we just said manufacturing structural beams and moving on from that in the uh, just a another thing they've tried to do it in the environment so I don't know how they've done that, but obviously you've got to try and... In a vacuum. In a vacuum. But on the top on of... On an aeroplane, what's diving? <laughs> or something like that, yeah. <laughs> but on top of that, they will because this is going to be in orbit, I would imagine that there'll be other problems, like, you know, you're whizzing, goodness knows how, whatever speed, in orbit, you've got uh, gravity overcome and... Uh, oh, lack of. Um, or microgravity, because there is gravity... Yeah. No, but, yeah, otherwise, uh, otherwise you disappear into the into the sun, yeah. not the sunset, the sun, and uh, numerous other challenges, no doubt, which I don't know of at this moment in time. But um, I would imagine well, there quite yeah. a few. That's part part of the research, uh, part of the research. So, mm. uh, and they apparently are going to launch, launch a rocket around about twenty twenty two, not earlier, but maybe later, uh, called Robert Ro uh, Rocket Lab. <laughs> Electron from New Zealand, basically. Argonaut 1. Is that the type of rocket? I think that's where, what they're going to launch. Argonaut 1. Sorry, I've, I've really said that. They're going to launch Argonaut 1. Uh, a, a rocket lab, lab elect electron on board. Yeah. From New Zealand in 2022 or sometimes after. Sometimes yeah. later. Now, that's what you get for reading other people's notes. I should have gone and researched that myself. But I didn't, so the... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, you've seen the film where you know we've got a problem in space. Let's uh, let's try and recreate or let's try and fix well, this by whatever we've got in. 
There's one when Apollo 11 landed, uh, the Eagle uh, Apollo 11 landed, they'd snapped off a switch, hadn't they? Yeah. And they actually fixed it by, he got a ballpoint pen and pushed it in, didn't he? But they could have 3D printed themselves a new, new switch. Mm. Yeah, and not been stranded on the moon because that switch was needed to turn the rockets on. <laughs> yeah, and, and the... When that went wrong, there was all NASA was trying, oh, what can we do, what can we do? And Buzz Aldrin just stuck his pen in it. <laughs> Job solved. Yeah. Nah, but I heard him later, they were saying they were pretty confident that it would have fired anyway because they thought it was in the right place. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather know it was in the right place. Yeah, uh, you just... Yeah, well, that's the beauty of having something that can, although it's not quite instant, it can take a while. It's a slow manufacturing process. but Very slow, isn't it? Yeah, but it is um, readily available if you've got everything there. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our subjects for this podcast for this week. So we'll end it there. Yeah. So with that, it's a goodbye from me, Alan. And a goodbye from me, Gary. Bye. Bye.